are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. My name is Colin Austin. Now you've heard of Elf on a Shelf and Minch on a Bench, but get ready. Mike on an e-bike. Introducing my fantastically festive co-host, Michael Dees. What is pretty good. I don't know about fantastically festive, though. (laughs) Are you not fantastically festive? (sighs) You know, I'm somebody who has to be pulled into the Christmas spirit. And so, like, I I guess guess the intro helps, but... (laughs) I don't know. I have to be like my holiday intro. I have to be convinced hours on them. I have to be convinced that it's Christmas time. And and that's what's really hard, especially in Florida when it's like 85 degrees and you see the calendars, November, December, and you're like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No snow on the ground. But no. So I don't know. But that's a great intro. I I, I actually, I haven't heard of Minch on a bench, so I'm going to have to look that one up later. Is that that a thing? Yeah. It's like, it's like the. It was on Shark Tank. Yeah, it was on Shark Tank. It's literally like the Jewish version of Elf on a Shark. Oh, so oh, I should feel yeah. guilty for not knowing. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Good. I Good. don't I don't know if anybody could actually hear what Rebecca was saying, but she's saying it was on Shark Tank. It's the Jewish version, you said? Okay. Cool. Mench on a bench. There you go. Go Google it. <laughs> so it's a win for sure. I like Mike on an e-bike though. <laughs> Good. Um, anyway. Before we start the show, today is December 9th. I want to give my my little brother. Oh, Bradley. (laughs) Brad Austin, just a little shout out. It was his birthday yesterday, December 8th, and my sister has a birthday on December 17th, so happy birthday to my siblings. Um, You know, they're younger than I am, and they will always be working very diligently to live up to this. Uh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love them. You guys only do things in December, huh? Yeah, dude, December's like a big month for uh, us. It's my favorite I said last week, year. it's uh, yours and Shannon's anniversary. It's Brad's mm-hmm. birthday. It's Tara's birthday. It's like an Austin family tradition. You only do things in December. That's right. That's except, except for have kids, which is only in August. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> which is, if which, you do the math. Like, let's <laughs> not, anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um. Let's not even go there. Um, so, so, dude, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm feeling really loose right now. I'm feeling really, really loose. We have a full house, which is always exciting. Um, but we just got done having the Electric County Emerging Leaders dude, that was here fun. in the house. We did, right before the podcast, you guys, we did a little cocktail hour. They did a, a, a tour of new Facility tour, sure, so, yeah. Um, definitely want to give a shout out to Excel and everything that they're doing for the community and it was a pleasure having them here it was a uh, just a great time they said that was the first uh facility like on-site facility tour yeah yeah and so far the best yeah well right <laughs> i mean like we said we like to think we set the bar high right like yeah. so everybody else i mean i think mark said that um they're gonna do a dump next just to make sure that we uh, you know <laughs> so that way keep keep, like, keep our uh, status as, as the yeah. best one right so exactly so shout out to them was, was that was good, cool man. yeah it was a lot of fun I had a good time a good a good good group of people showed up and we showed them the showroom the service department our warehouse everything just gave a tour of the business which was really really cool um and we talked podcasting which yeah. is something that i always so you, spe- you speak a lot and i know your favorite part um is question and answer so was there anything in this one that like catches you off guard or something that you know was like a little uncomfortable or anything or is it just a, a normal event for you no i think they i mean there's always really really great great questions and those that's definitely the part that i like the most um you know i if there's a commonality uh, in questions, it's definitely like the evolution of the business. Like, mm-hmm. why haven't we gone to other college towns? Right. You know, is that something that we're planning on doing? And, um, you know, and there's 
you know, I always tell people in 2004, the answer was yes. Like Absolutely. that was, that's yeah. exactly what we were going to do. But, you know, as I grow, grown as an entrepreneur and we've, you know, started a new business and uh, getting into the, the digital media, social media, you know, marketing side of things, like I love that and I see the ability to scale that uh, a little bit easier than opening that's up dealerships yeah. everywhere. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but that's that's definitely become a common question and, and it's fun, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's always great to have an engaging group within the dealership and talking business and heck, anywhere I go. And actually, our guest, I, I've spoken on panels uh, with him before and it's been a, a lot of fun. So let me go ahead and introduce our guest of the day. And you guys, I'm so excited, not only <laughs> because it's beer. And <laughs> I mean, I love beer, but these are individuals that I absolutely adore. And I love, I mean, I was at their place last week for a rock, paper and scissors tournament for uh, United Way. They had it out there <laughs> and I, I was there for that. And uh, it was awesome. So you guys, our guests of the day, we have two of the four co-founders of First Magnitude Brewing Company, the president, Christine Denny, and with her, her husband, the head brewer. And if I had to pick one of the two, which I would think is the most important, I'm sorry, Christine. <laughs> wow. Christine, I'm so sorry. I was throwing that out you, there. Know, you know me so well, but I'm definitely going to go with the head brewer on this one. Uh, John Denny, you guys, welcome to our show. Great to be here. Thanks so yeah, much for having us. This, yeah, this is exciting. Here. They already have the sample glasses oh, out. Yeah. Uh, we are going to sample beer and, and drink beer on the podcast, which I can't think of anything better, honestly, <laughs> especially when we're recording at 9.16 p.m. on a Wednesday night. It's this, this is the best. And people are like, what are you talking about? It's 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. <laughs> I get it. Not today. I mean, get your first magnitude at 8 a.m. on a Monday. I don't care. Um, but you guys, uh, this is this is something I'm really, really excited to get into and share your story. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of trying to decide what to start with. I, I feel like we should actually start with the beer before we get into the story we because just simply because I actually want some right now <laughs> and I don't want to wait 10 that minutes. That is doable. So you guys, this, this this is when we when we start podcasting or like literally the audio version of this, right? Like you guys, this is in video format on Facebook and on YouTube and you need to go watch the video version um, because it's cool for these exact moments, yeah. am I right? Yeah, can we get so, a mic check on this? Yeah. All right, all right, oh. there you go, boom, oh, nice. gosh. <laughs> nice, so we're gonna go ahead and pour some beers sure. and, and drink them on the show, and maybe we'll just talk about them throughout, but yeah, go ahead and pour so, those glasses. So why don't you tell us what you brought? Because yeah. I, know, I know you got some cores, but you also got some different things. We do, we, we, we've got a good variety here tonight. I'm starting off with uh, Vega, our blonde ale. Blonde. We're particularly proud of this one. This was the uh, won the Silver Award at the World Beer Cup. Uh, it's hosted every other year. It's considered the Olympics of beer, and we were. Uh, we Where's that hosted? Uh, so it's at the Craft Brewers Conference every year. This past uh, in 2018 it was in Nashville. It's going to be in San Antonio uh, next time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's literally competition from all over the world. There were 90 other uh, entries in this particular category. How many? Uh, 90. Okay. Um, there were over there were over 3,500 in the entire. Uh, uh, 
uh, competition, but in this particular category, there were 90 others. So we were very proud of it, but this is our, this is our kind of, uh, very accessible, balanced, refreshing kind of light beer. It's blonde ale. Uh, it's got a little hint of uh, citrus hop there at the end. Um, it's our, it typically is our best seller in the tap room, um, uh, week in, week out. And, uh, yeah, we, we really like it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. It's mm-hmm. definitely cheers. one of my favorites. Thank you. Cheers. Yep. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, y'all. Boom. <laughs> I mean, I've had that one several times. Many, many times. Yeah, it's not like my first rodeo <laughs> with Vega, but, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah, so pretend good. like it is. So, so cool. good. And how many, so, how many did you bring total? So, I brought uh, one of our five cores, and then okay. I brought two limited releases. Uh, I brought our Learning to Rye, which was our Tom Petty tribute beer. Um, okay. Just a couple weeks ago here, we had the big Tom Petty celebration mm-hmm. for uh, what would have been his 69th birthday. And so uh, it's called Learning to Rye. Uh, it's a rye IPA. Play on a song title. That was going to be my second choice for the hype song, but you know, okay. we had to go mm-hmm. with some little more up-tempo. For everybody but, who has no idea what we're talking about, before we actually like hit record on the podcast, uh, we always do a hype song with our guests and get, mm. get the energy flowing, baby. So we did Gainesville Rock City by which was, which, Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, which shout is out to, to Vinny, episode 15 yeah. uh, that they were on, uh, Gainesville Rock City. So, yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, so, I mean, how should we do it? Do we want to do these throughout or like, I feel like, oh, or should I just sh- drink them all now? Sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we can go either way. It's your show. Yeah, this yeah. is, this. I mean, that is true. And it's so great that we can literally do whatever we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and ask for another. All right. <laughs> you want a more Vega, or do you want another? Uh, no, let's let's do another one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's hit us up there. So so I mean, while while we're getting this set up, like talk to us a little bit about about what what you should experience as you're tasting this, because I think a lot of people. I won't go on a long thing, but but 2004, when it, whenever I first got here, Stubbies and Steins, which is always near and dear to my heart, they were the uh, the OG beer establishment here in Gainesville, and now it's OG. just completely different. There's so many breweries, um, but whenever whenever that was going on for me, it was like. Um, Beer was a pedestrian drink, you know. There was oh, no, yeah. there was no culture around it. There was no anything. Mm-hmm. Wine was something that you know, you you taste a palate, you look for legs, you learn how to hold a glass. There were so many things mm-hmm. that were established with wine drinking, but with beer drinking, it was just you, you straight up chug and go. So when you talk about flavor profiles in a beer, you know, I, I've had many, many, many pints of Vega in my life, but what should I be looking for as if I've never had this before? Well, uh, you know, the, the tasting beer is a very subjective experience, of course, but um, one of the things I always do when I go to a brewery, especially if I've been there for the first time, I generally do order one of the lightest beers that they have on. If they have a light lager, if they have a blonde ale, something like that, I, I, always, I, I always use that kind of as a benchmark because those styles of beers, they don't have a whole lot of, they don't have a big roasty malt to hide behind or a bunch of hops to hide behind. You really have to have your chops if you're gonna pull off something that's good and clean and uh, just is, is refreshing. So it's kind of a, that's kind of a go-to for me when I'm kind of testing the waters of a brewery that I might not be familiar with. But, um, you know, with Vega, as far as the tasting notes are concerned, I mean, it's, 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 got, it's got a little bit of a grainy Pilsner malt character to it. As I said, we finish off some ha- Cascade hops, so it gives a little bit of a citrus finish there. Uh, at the end, it's a lower alcohol beer. It's perfect for the poolside golf course, 
paddling down the river, which is what we like to do. Sure. <laughs> and I and I would like to, and actually Christine can chime in on this as well. I, I want I'd like to talk a little bit about the origin of the name and where First Magnitude comes from. Um, so First Magnitude uh, refers to the springs here uh, that we have in North Central Florida, and springs are classified in orders of magnitude by the amount of water that flows out of them. So First Magnitude springs are the largest of the springs, and we have 33 of them here in Florida, which is more than anywhere else in the world. Not in the U.S., not in North America, in the world. There's no. There, uh, it's just a really unique feature um, of the place we live. So that we thought it would be something good. It's something that we love. Uh, that we spend a lot of time with our kids and our friends. Yeah. Uh, so it's something we wanted to uh, call attention to um, when we when we named the brewery. And at first magnitude also has a, a second meaning in that stars are also classified in orders of magnitude. So the brightest stars that you see in the sky are first magnitude stars. And Vega is a first magnitude star. Okay. It's one of the yep. closer stars to our own uh, solar system. Um, so it's a first magnitude star. You guys are clever. Yeah, man. <laughs> we're not, really we're not fooling around. We're not fooling around. Uh, and the one that I just poured you, Colin, is 72. And that is our pale ale. And this is actually delicious. our best bestseller uh, all the way around. Just really? To, out in the market. Yeah, out in the market. Is, is our number one seller. Um, and 72 is actually the constant temperature of the water coming out of the springs. So it's always 72 degrees. Okay. So I'm going to have you guys continue. I'm just going to keep handing you my glass and you can just yeah. before you <laughs> got it. Keep filling uh, it. But let's, yeah. but let's like dive into the story some, all right? Sure. So like, Take us back. Like I don't even, you know, I don't know what even got you to Gainesville. Like what, like what got you here? Why are you in this community? Why'd you start this brewery? Um, you know, tell us your story. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess I got here first in '87. Uh, way back machine. Way back, way back in the way back <laughs> machine. Um, but you know, came up here for school. Um, had had you know no idea of of uh, becoming an entrepreneur and certainly not a brewer. Um, but, uh, you know, I got an undergraduate degree at UF. I was kind of a little listless at first. And I had a friend of mine, I was working full time, uh, but I had a, a friend of mine that said, hey, you know, I'm going to take this uh, community ed course out at Santa Fe about homebrewing. I'm like, homebrewing? Is that a thing? He's like, oh, yeah, you can make beer at home. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> Sign me up for that class. <laughs> and that was in 93. So just as a complete- Hold on, you're saying like a college class actually helped you create do something? Believe it or not. It I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. In, in 1993. I'm education yeah. out of yeah. the bus. I'm yeah. just kidding, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, it was a community ed course, community ed course. But, but yeah, yeah, cool. you know, it did. It really, it really turned me on to the possibilities of it. And, uh, you know, I just kind of got more and more into it and enjoying making the beer at home and uh, enjoying serving my own beer at parties and stuff and okay. just getting feedback from friends and saying, hey, you know, this is, this is, this is all right stuff but it, it but it, it remained a hobby for for decades and what were uh, you doing during that time um so uh i was actually a case manager out at mental health services i was a psychology major so i was uh i was working with uh, adults with mental illness um and i did that for for several years and i mean i don't want to throw shade on that but beer sounds way cooler well there's <laughs> a reason spoiler alert <laughs> so yeah i've changed careers several times and um but that, that's a really cool thing about me winding up being a brewer and uh running a, a brewery here in gainesville it, it, it is a dream come true it it, it, it is for sure it, cool. it wasn't anything that i started out with as something that i could really foresee as an actual opportunity and that that came um you know much much later 
uh, with our uh, good friends and business partners, uh, Megan Wells Thelosen. Um, you know, we just started kicking around the idea almost as a joke. Hey, wouldn't that be fun if we started a brewery? And this was, of course, after you know many sessions of my homebrew, and we started thinking about it. <laughs> well, and, you filled and, the you filled the driveway with beer. Yeah. You filled the closets with beer. Well, yeah, we, yeah. Everything was full of beer yeah. for many years yeah. when we moved. We moved back into town in '99. Okay. And uh, I went to grad. I was came up. We came back up here for me going to grad school, and uh, he just kept making a lot of beer at home at lots home. of beer at home. yeah and we always said it was in our five year plan like one day this won't be in the house it's gonna be we'll do something with it and then uh, so you're really drunk one night and yeah, you actually like, decide you're like just, you go to sunbiz.org and just type in the LLC name or like what would you do like what yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how it yeah it's exactly how it <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah well you know we all started looking into it and um, you know all of us brought something different to the table. Um, uh, Wells has uh, lots of uh, experience in his family business uh, with um, manufacturing, manufacturing and, production and management. production okay. cool. and management, which, which I didn't have uh, any of that experience at the time. And then um, Christine, uh, her field was environmental education and she had done that for 17 years. Is that environmental right? science, yeah. 17. Environmental science. And communication and, and things like that and has really helped tremendously. Where'd you go to school, Christine, here? Oh uh, yeah, I got my master's in forestry here. Okay. Uh, which totally qualifies me for running a brewery. <laughs> Absolutely. For sure, yeah, but, there's no doubt about it. But I, I did environmental uh, consulting for 17 years and ran an environmental consulting office here, so I, I was used to business management, staff management, the whole, okay. the whole bit, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, and then uh, Meg had lots of experience working for software companies and strategic planning and marketing, and we all just brought kind of unique skill sets to the table and uh, started kind of breaking it all apart and saying, okay, well, what's it going to take? What kind of capital are we going to need to raise? What sort of licensing do we need? You know, what sort of space are we going to require? And we just all started looking into it, and after a while, it got to the point where you know we had you know, done so much research, I, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I don't do this, I'm always gonna wonder. Yeah. You know, should sure. I have given it a shot? Oh man. And so I was working at UF for the time, I worked at UF for 13 years and I had a great job there and lots of great colleagues and it was it was really tough to leave. But at the same time, I knew UF's not gonna go anywhere. So I made sure that I left on the best possible terms and I was, I was confident that we would be successful, but you know, you never know in, in business. So I just wanted to make sure that I left on good terms, but um, you know, more than five years later, uh, no turning back. So it's been, it's been great. It's been really good. So what was the year that you guys actually like launched it all? Uh, so we opened in August of 2014. Mm-hmm. So we just celebrated our fifth anniversary this past August. That was yeah. doors open. That was, yeah. Okay. But yeah. it took us, uh, it was about two years before that that we really started planning. But once we decided to really start moving on it, we really started moving on it. It went, hit the ground running and Meg and John worked really closely uh, together to get the whole thing going and get the, get the business just up and operating. Because um, we were... We recognized that the market was good, but we also recognized the market had a finite window of when we could get in there and really take advantage of what we we saw um, was there. So we went zero to 
a thousand very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, it was. But I'm, I'm so, I'm so thankful that we're open and established. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, as you commented, there's so many breweries now, and and the competition for for shelf space is 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 real. And so um, I'm, I'm really glad that we're that we're up and running. It's yeah. great. All right, so like, but what is it with the breweries and there's this like friendly competitiveness? And I love it, like I love mm-hmm. it. Like I have yeah. never heard of a brewery talk bad about another brewery in this town right. ever, yeah. right. like mm-hmm. ever. Like there's like this cordial, and, and I know that the Gainesville Chamber of Commerce like does this like brewery tour, which mm-hmm. has been a really cool yeah. thing. And I'm like, this is awesome, like I love this stuff. Um, but like, I want to destroy the face of my competition. Uh, (laughs) Not really, if you're listening. Like, it it is, (laughs) if you, I gotta go backpedaling because they're gonna be like, oh, so we see how Colin is. Uh, Just imagining how rich that would be if our competition was listening to this podcast. But anyway, uh, go go on. you know, but like, let's, like in business, like competition is is comp is competition. Yeah. But like with the breweries, there's like this like friendliness, and it's, yeah. it's really really cool. Like I mm-hmm. like it. Like, uh, but why? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's in all of our best interest for all of us to succeed, right? I mean, you know, if if you like to go see live music, you wouldn't go see the same band every time. You know, you want a little variety. You know, it's it's great if we have a, a really good music scene in Gainesville. And we've got a lot of venues you can go to and have a lot of variety. It's sort of, sort of a similar thing with the breweries. Um, it's really important for all of us to make quality product. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we talk to one another uh, on a regular basis you know, troubleshoot problems, bounce off ideas. Uh, we do collaborations uh, together. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's cool. I it's, mean, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. And yeah, I mean, there's when, when we can convert uh, a pedestrian beer drinker, as you, as you said, to, to, and turn somebody on to, mm. wow, you know, there's a really a great amount of variability in these, in these beers and they taste completely different. You know, it, it's really great when you can educate that consumer and if, and, and also so that they don't mind paying a dollar or two extra, you know, for, um, some, uh, local beer, you know, so. Well, and that's the important thing is getting more people aware of craft beer, because even though there seem to be so many breweries all around the country and it's growing rapidly, there's still a lot of, a lot of education that needs to happen. And we want to get more people into the craft beer scene. So the more breweries there are, the more entry points that people have and the more locations there are that it it provides people with that, you know, with that, with that entry and that understanding of what craft beer is. I mean, this is something that's made locally, sourced locally, served locally, packaged locally. I mean, it is a truly great local product that celebrates everything that's so great about our town and about any town that a craft brewery is in. And it's it's really true that the ships all rise together. I mean, if people are making good product and they're 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 doing their thing in their own way and people ask about the get different Gainesville breweries and it's like it's like a bunch of siblings. Everybody has okay. their own personality. They're all really unique. So people will say, oh, this is, you know, I love Black Adder because this is why I love it. And then, you know, I love Cypress and Grove or I love Swamphead. And it's great because every brewery has its own personality and mm-hmm. that's what we want. We want everybody to be serving great product and have their own personality and really get more people into the craft beer scene. That's that's the end goal, you know. We want them to, to appreciate what we're doing because it really is, even though, and, and 
we'll hopefully get into that in a little bit, even though it seems like it's a bunch of people standing around going, dude, <laughs> there's so much fun. And it is so much fun. It's also really nerdy science behind it and yeah. a lot of business. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, this sounds exactly like the scooter business. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, like our, our competitors are fine. I'm, I just like giving a hard time. <laughs> now, I'm not sharing but, uh, any trade secrets, but. Well, so, you know, uh, it's, inter- so it's interesting. Yeah, because we were talking about that before, uh, late, or earlier this afternoon. Do you, do you ever have employees that, that go from one brewery to the other, like from an employment standpoint? Sure. And do you ever fear that, that like, uh, is there a trade secrets that you have to protect or recipes or anything? Like th- that you're worried about or not recipes, not, not particularly. I mean, you can go buy the recipe for 72 at Hogtown Ale Works right now and make it yourself, make it, make it yourself. yourself. Yeah. Okay. But it's really all about execution. You know, I mean, you can, you can certainly make it at home. There, there's nothing absolutely revolutionary about this beer. It's very well made, but it really is in the execution of the product is where you're going to get the, the quality or not. It's, you can't just throw a bunch of stuff in a kettle and hope for the best. Sure. So does that happen a lot though? Like do you, I mean, I don't want to say a lot, like there's, but, but do you have employees that go from one, yeah, one to I the mean, other, and yeah, and you know, in a, in a town the size of Gainesville, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a relatively small population of people with a specialized skill set. So, I mean, it's it it's not uncommon for folks to you know work at different breweries and and that sort of thing. So, it's not something that we're we're terribly you know concerned about. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's it's all. We, we tend to be very open. We, we do those collaboration brews, and mm-hmm. the nice thing about the collaboration brews is just going in and seeing other people's processes and, 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 and getting some ideas. I mean, it may be something as simple as how you hang your tools on the wall. You know, something just you know mundane is that, but it's like, oh, wow, I never really thought about it. That's really great. It's very handy to accessible, you know, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it is a very... Um, you know, collaborative industry and it's, and it's great, you know, because, you know, nobody knows what it's like to work in a brewery other than brewers. And it's kind of, you know, it's fun to tell stories and share our frustrations and those sorts of things. So Mm -hmm. a lot of good storytelling with it for sure. Over beer. I want to go back to where you, you were talking about, uh, meeting with the founders over your home brew. Do you remember what, what type of brew that was? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I, in fact, I can pour you a sample yep. right now. That was, like. So that was the follow up was, is it, have you, it's have not. you streamlined it? Like, did you, <laughs> yeah, this isn't exactly the same, but, um, one of my favorites to make at home was uh, a Hefeweizen. Sure. Uh, the working title, this was way before first magnitude, but the working title of this one was more than happy. <laughs> so, okay. what does it really mean to be more than happy? I thought, well, let's call it more than happy. But um, this is uh, Wakala, and it is a Hefeweizen, okay. so it's a traditional German wheat beer. And these types of beers are some of my favorites because of the unique flavors that you get. I'm from... gonna ask you to go ahead and fill mine up, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is, that, is that your favorite? Do you do you like a Hefeweizen? No, I mean, I just I like you all just of like them. beer. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> so. Um, this whoops okay mm. um so this one uh you're gonna get some banana and clove notes to it and there's no fruit in this beer this is all flavor compounds that are generated during the fermentation process that's cool so uh you know it's really it's really neat and we do that by manipulating the temperature that we ferment the beer at and there's there's lots of little tricks and stuff that that we do to coax those uh, unique flavors 
um, out of the yeast. But yeah, this was this was this was a, a recipe of mine that has certainly evolved since the homebrew days. Uh, so I was going to say, I got to imagine that a lot of people that that do homebrewing, their first option to go to isn't a half of ice and. Um, so that I've, I would think that came from some kind of inspiration. Do you have a favorite Hefeweizen? And then at that point, when you're coming up with a new recipe, are you trying to, to mimic? Are you trying to create your own? Or do you just become inspired by something that you've had and then say, how can I twist this and make it my own? Like Right. It's all of the above. Um, I'm very fortunate to work with some super creative and talented brewers. So a lot of what we do is is collaboration and we knock around ideas. Um, uh, Chris Cook is uh, our, our pilot brewer and he does a lot of our experimental stuff, our barrel age stuff. Um, and he will often come up with unique recipes and, and that's really what the pilot system is all about, you know, and we have a kind of a built-in um, uh, population in the tap room and we can see, hey, this is selling like crazy. We really need to, maybe mm-hmm. this is something that we need to, to scale up. But we always, you know, kind of take those, uh, the, the goal is to take those, those products that he creates and then, you know, make them even better. How often do you need like a focus group so like, <laughs> say like Mike and I to come in and just taste them for you. Come on, probably every week. That, yeah, I mean, that's like, literally that, any time. That's actually yeah. that, that's actually the, the term I was looking for. Is focus is our is our, uh, our our tap room is our is our focus okay. room, and people vote with their dollars. So it's huh? um, okay. you know it's yeah. a, it's a really I mean, smart. Well, we have eighteen really taps, cool and we've made in the past year over one hundred unique beers. We will by the end of the year for yeah. sure. So. Um, there's a lot going through there and there's a lot of really cre- good creative stuff that's happening with a variety of ingredients. Some of them are Florida ingredients. Some of them are just kind of really bizarre fruits. Uh, but all of it's in, you know, done really well and with a lot of thought behind it. So yeah. that's super cool. So what's, what's been the biggest challenge for you guys so far? Working with John. Ah, oh, good. <laughs> oh, okay. Whoa. We finally hey, got I'm one. I know Once, it's not. I know okay. it's not July. It's not couples I mean, month. In July, anymore, we've done couples month. We finally we've got. Always, we've juice. always brought. You know, we've always brought that dynamic saying, "Hey, what's it like working with your spouse?" So, no. Christine, no, go tell us, please. It's, it's, she was actually just kidding. This is but. this is literally what makes this podcast so great is when you tell the truth right here. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, that's <laughs> been one of the terrible. best things about this is that we get along so well, and we've uh, I respect what he does. It's it's really I know that sounds sappy, but he does a really darn good job. He's so the head brewer. He is the head brewer. <laughs> he does a good job with it. So uh, that's been that's been really great working together. Do you guys do a good job of like really staying in your roles? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, and Christine, uh, you know, she keeps the place running. I mean, you know, the 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 business, the financial side, the legal side, the, I mean, the, the thousand and one things that have to happen before I even think about brewing a beer, she takes care of all that. And it's, and it's awesome. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So, um, yeah, we couldn't do what we do without one another. No, no, no doubt about that. Um, you know, it was, it was really funny when we, we were launching the brewery, you know, and those, that two year run up, I'm like, when do we get to talk about the beer? You know, <laughs> the licensing? No, I don't know. I don't legal stuff, insurance? No, no. When do we get to talk about the beer? But you know, all those foundations of just running a business that all those boxes have to be checked before you even think about putting anything in a tank. So yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's really interesting, the the Brewers Association, with all the boom of all the craft breweries that are open, the Brewers Association is our industry group, and it's the national industry group that works with breweries all over. Um, and they are talking right now about how all these breweries are opening, and they said, it's not just enough to make good beer. It's not just enough to run a business. It's not just enough how to market. You have to be able to combine all three of those things. And that's one of those things that uh, that I feel like we are, we're really getting our feet more and more under us, because mm-hmm. we have of nationally and internationally award-winning beer um, our business is 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 solid and you know it's it's moving along and I, I really feel like in terms of who we are in the community and who we are in our branding and our you know where where we are in terms of how outside folks see us looking in you know we feel I think we're feeling pretty good about it but we're also always hungry to learn more and, yeah. and want to make absolutely sure that we're, we're, we're so like how important like forward. are those little, those competitions and stuff that occur? Mm-hmm. Like how, how important is that into like building the brand of your business? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's great to get objective, you know, feedback about your products and, you know, they take all that stuff very seriously. It's all blind tasted and, and they have, uh, you know, certified beer judges and in, in, in evaluating uh, the beers and you get, you know, you do get score sheets back and, and they, they comment on, you know, if there's things you can improve upon, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, they, they are important. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate that three out of our five cores have won awards at, you know, fairly big levels. So, uh, that's, it's, it's a nice kind of affirmation of your process. So, uh, Cores being our year-round beers that we have in all the stores. And and what are they? I mean, we've had Wakola, Vega, 72. 72, and so... um, Drift is the core. Yeah, Drift, and that was a GABF uh, gold medal winner uh, in 2018, which is fantastic. Um, And then Ursa, which we'll pour in a second, that was a silver medal winner at the Best Florida Beer Competition uh, last year as well. So, um, in a very crowded category of IPA. Mm. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty cool. And it, you know, it's, it, and it's, it, it's, it's something to get people talking. People love lists and people love to see those sorts of things. So it is, it is a nice, uh, extra thing that you can do to market, you know, your product for sure. Okay. So what's the mindset though, when you're opening a brewery, right. And you have this awesome bar and people are coming in, they're buying beer. Like, is it, is it that like, this is what I'm going to do? Like I'm gonna have this place that people come and have this great customer experience, and it's gonna be a local brewery. Like this is it, or like were you already in like um my beer is going to be in Publix and like all over the place? Like what was what was the process? I mean, did that just happen organically? Did you start with one thing and it just kind of blossomed, or did you you start the I'm business? I'm gonna brew and like, this, and I hope yeah, they will I'm come. Gonna brew, I'm gonna brew this, and I'm going straight to. Publix. If I brew it, they will come. Like, the like what's is, yeah? What's the mindset? The answer there? is no. Um, we we had a business plan, and we're pretty because we were all we all had careers and we're all doing our thing so to make this leap and to go to this business and to make this big change and in the beginning it was John and Meg that left their jobs and did this um, that's a big deal and with small children and all of that it was not something that we took lightly um, so we took a really hard look at the market we had a really solid business plan <clears throat> we had done business plans before in, in our own careers and 
we knew what we thought the market could take. And so we had, we did have plans to be in Publix, on the shelves, in distribution. That was, that was really important um, to make sure that our business was going the way we wanted it to. To be honest, we did not anticipate the tap room to be as big of a deal as it was. Because okay. when we opened the brewery, distribution was the way all the breweries were going. That was it, that was, that was your market growth. And was um, getting it into uh, into the the pubs, the bars, the on, on the grocery shelves, and that was where all the breweries were were growing, 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 and they couldn't make enough beer. And so all the distributors, because in Florida we can't, if Satchel needs a keg of beer, we can't give Satchel or sell Satchel a keg of beer. We have a three tier system, so it has to go from us to a distributor that we have an uh, um, uh, an agreement with, and then it goes from the distributor to, to Satchel. So we have to make these partnerships with the distributors and at that point the distributors are like we can't we can't keep enough beer in house so distribution was the way to go we thought the tap room would be something that was a, a nice thing and we were excited about it and we were focusing a lot on it as a place that people could meet and understand our brand and who we were and our story but we didn't honestly anticipate that it would become uh, as popular as it has. And even though we had this vision of a community space and a place where people could come and and gather and be with their friends and family and feel comfortable, whoever they are, <clears throat> wherever they're from, um, we, we have been really, uh, I think, humbled by the amount of response we've gotten to our tap room. And so our business model actually shifted a little bit because distribution as breweries were growing so rapidly, the market has, has changed in the last five years. Um, whereas distribution was where it was pretty much two years into when we started the brewery, everything shifted across the entire U.S. Um, distribution started, started kind of shrinking because there were so many brands going onto shelves that the the distributors in in states where they had the three tier system were kind of shuffling and juggling all these brands now and so they whereas they were hungry for them before now they had you know too many to even deal with and they're they're being overrun with with these beer skews so distribution got a little bit more challenging a lot more challenging and um, and so we were <clears throat> a lot of t breweries across the US are focusing a lot more on their tap rooms. So we were very fortunate that in our vision for what First Magnitude was, we had this space in mind that could be large and open and inviting and welcoming and just kind of become all these things to all these different folks that came there. So. Um, the tap room has been been a really great part of our business. Distribution has still continued to be good, but it was. Uh, I think that we anticipated it to be the majority of our business, yeah. and the tap room to be this really nice thing. And so we, for the first couple of years, we would kind of walk out in the beer garden and look around and say, "Holy crap." All these people are here, <laughs> and I don't know some of them. You know, we kind of figured it would be a place that we, it would be just our friends would show up and drink beer with us. But uh, it's uh, even you know, it's it That's is. Cool. It's always it's really we we'll just stand there when there's a big event going on, and we just kind of look around and say, "Wow, this is really." I still get I still get, I still get absolutely <laughs> really excited. If, cool. I, if I see somebody that I don't know wearing a first magnitude shirt, I'm like, oh my god, look at that! <laughs> oh, yeah. We're doing still, it. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He'll grab it, my arm. Look, look, that, look. That's that's still that's still very exciting. <laughs> no kidding, legit. I was like walking. My wife Shannon and I we went to Savannah, uh -huh. and we were walking on the streets of Savannah, and I was wearing my first magnitude shirt, and somebody said. 
are you from Gainesville? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that has got to be a cool feeling. It's the oh, same yeah. thing like when I get a text of a new scooters for less scooter in like in some Iowa. random city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like, uh, how did our scooter get to Iowa? <laughs> like, hopefully they didn't drive it. There. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can completely like relate and understand that feeling. It's, yeah. it's, it's really, really How cool. far does the distribution reach? Like what is the radius that you guys? Uh, so we're with seven different distributors now. We go as far south as St. Petersburg, uh, Pinellas County. Okay. Um, we're in Orlando, um, up northwest to Jacksonville, and then over okay. to um, Tallahassee. And a little bit further so west. We'll call Wakulla County. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Florida. So yeah, County. It's, just, it's, it's based in Florida. It's oh, oh yeah. yeah, just just based in Florida. And not all of Florida. So yeah. when when you started that, I mean, did you have any issues with um, the preservation of the product? Because like, I know I know when like a lot of places started distributing. I mean, there was there was recalls almost with with skunky product and stuff like that that they couldn't. Um, Maybe maybe first year didn't know that if it sat on the shelf too long or whatever thing like did you have any experience or were you able to learn from those those other micros that uh, had those problems? Right. Well, uh, quality has always been a, a, a critical part of of what we do. And although I had a good understanding of the brewing processes, I I, I knew I needed some science bench strength behind me. So our lead brewer, uh, Eric Dreyer, has a master's degree and an undergraduate degree in food science from UF. Uh, our quality assurance manager, Arthur Rudolph, has a PhD in biology. He wrote his dissertation on yeast genomics, just got it last uh, April. Wow. So we do, we invest a lot in in our people and our, our lab to uh, minimize the the chance of, of those sorts of things happening because it's you know that that's it's real. real that's yeah. real yeah real. yeah I just saw uh, just on Twitter the other day an exploding bottle uh, at a bottle shop um, mm. so um, we have to be extraordinarily careful with that sort of thing but you know uh, so far well then even the ethical yeah. decision of uh, do you pull it off the shelf I mean like, oh, that, yeah. that's such a financial oh yeah hit yeah. but do you want somebody's perception to be tainted by a bad yeah. pro I mean it's just right. such a loaded Oh yeah, thing. exactly. I mean, um, yeah, we have to be very wary of, of that sort of thing. It 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 doesn't take long for your reputation to be tarnished in, in in that sort of a situation. So, yeah, we're we're very very careful and and try our best to uh, make sure that all the beer that leaves a brewery is 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 the best quality it possibly can be. So with that, do you have visions to get out of Florida soon or are you, you good where you're at or, you know, I mean, we, we could sell, we could sell more beer in Gainesville. Um, to be honest, I mean, we've done very well in Gainesville that we've penetrated the market quite well here, but, um, no, I, I don't, I don't see us leaving Florida anytime, uh, soon. I mean, I think that we, we have plenty of room to grow just with our current distribution footprint. Well, that's so funny. Cause we were just having that same conversation about new scooters, uh, you know, cause we had already talked about, uh, that conversation often happens, you know, do you guys have plans to expand? And, and we looked at the same thing. It's like, nah, I just think there's there's opportunity to do more from this one dealership than what a lot of competitors do from two, three, four. Right. Sure. Uh, so we, we kind of looked at it the same. Yeah. Same way. It's always interesting to, to look out and, you know, see what those opportunities are. But, but we've always kind of come back to the same decision that like, we'd rather maximize what we can do from this one location. Yeah. Are there any other streams of revenue? Is it just the tap room and then distribution? Like, is that it? Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. And what, like from a percentage layout, like what, how much of the revenue for your business comes from the tap room versus, you know, distribution? I mean, they run, 
They run somewhat similar, um, okay. and it just it yeah they run somewhat similar and are and are growing at a steady rate. Um, and they're like I said, even though we originally thought the distribution would be a lar- much larger portion of it, everything has continued to go pretty much as we anticipated. Um, just at a at a it'll just a slightly slightly different ratios than we than we thought they would be it was um i actually wanted to touch base on what you were saying about the the product and product on shelves one of the important things for everybody listening to this podcast is to when you buy beer especially craft beer when you're getting it it's really important to check the dates on these things because the the cans have a shelf life so sometimes when someone gets beer and they're what what makes me nervous is when a new craft beer drinker goes out and like, oh, I'm just gonna buy such and such. And they pick a product off the shelf. And if it's a product that has been sitting there for too long, maybe it's a, a brand from way out, you know, way out of the state or something that doesn't rotate through as not enough. Uh, maybe someone hasn't been paying enough attention to it on the shelf. But if it's old, it's not gonna taste right. And craft beer is not meant to sit on a shelf forever and ever. What's considered um, old, like how long? Well, we, you, uh, you know, I would say generally speaking, ninety days. Um, if it's if it's within ninety days, you're you're in pretty good shape. I mean, there are some exceptions to that rule. I mean, high gravity, high alcohol content that generally has a longer shelf life. But particularly hoppy beers, IPAs, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of things. That the 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 more quickly you consume it, the the better off you are. Particularly if it's on a warm shelf. Um, uh, you know, just food. Beer is a, a food product, and if you keep it refrigerated, it's gonna it's gonna keep longer and and mm-hmm. and uh, and taste better. But yeah, I would say ninety days. You really yeah. is where you kind of want to be. And hop character is just best when it's fresh. Yeah, when it's been sitting there for a long time, it just it just kind of starts fading. The flavor starts fading, and you're not getting the beer that the brewers intended. That's always the challenge for me in planning our production. Is you know you want you want to make just enough to where you you're keeping your distribution distri- distribution partners happy. You're keeping your tap room plenty full, but you don't want to be have too much of it. It would do right. you a disservice yeah. if you stock somebody full and they exactly. didn't move, fa- move fast enough. Hundred yeah. percent. Oh, that's yeah. got to be a exactly. huge challenge. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I can't even imagine it like is. trying to like gauge that. I mean, yeah. are you just like looking at data all the time trying to? Well, because like, you want them to buy up as much as possible, but at the same, if they're not selling, but it has to move. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. exactly. But I mean, it's nice to have you know five years worth of data now that we can look back and we can say, oh, this time of year it's really going to pick up, and wow, this time it's going to slow down a little bit so we can take the foot off the gas just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but it, it is it is a constant constant challenge for sure. But it's, it's also good because we have good distribution partners and our distributors, their sales folks are out in the market and they will they check cans and they check to make sure yeah. that, this, that it's fresh and if it's not fresh, they'll move it out yeah. and then they move new product in. So that's it's a really good partnership that we have with them. So and what happens to the old beer? <laughs> it, it, like Michael and, inquiring mind. It goes to the Maybe sad beer like place. It, somebody. Yeah. it goes like, to the yeah. sad beer heaven yeah. in the yeah. sky. Sad beer heaven in the sky. All right. yes. Well, I'll send you my address and a post-it note later. <laughs> uh, I mean, I believe you will drink it. I, <laughs> I mean, like you will sacrifice that little bit of quality. I'll be a for sad beer. beer charity. I will, I will do that. Okay. Hey, do I, you I, have a, I believe you. Do you share I mean, a happy yeah, beer? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, here you go. Me share a happy uh, beer. You can see I'm absolutely crushing this. Let's. Um, but, so, I mean, how, what was it like, like, what's the process of actually getting distribution when you've reached that, that point where it's like, okay, like, now we're ready to, like, put this in cans on shelves. I mean, and, like, I mean, what is that process like? 
Well, I mean, we uh, visited distributors and poured beer for them before, well before our doors were open. Okay. Uh, because we wanted them to know that we were coming, that 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 we had a story to tell, that we were going to make some great product. So, um, you know, we were testing the waters and 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 making sure. And in in Florida, when you sign with a distributor, it's a it's a permanent and exclusive contract. So it's mm-hmm. a it's a marriage um, of sorts. It's 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 uh, it's a long term relationship. So it was a, it was a very important decision, you know, to make. Um, you know, fortunately, our distributor partners have been really great to work with, and and you know, really really help us out. But it is a it is it is one of the most important decisions that you make um as a as a brewery so right yeah. because you can make all the the best beer around but if it's not actually placed onto shelves or those contacts aren't made with the different accounts we have sales folks that that do a fantastic job but then they do their job somebody has to actually make sure that the beer lands where it needs to be yeah, so. yeah. how many how many team members do you have Seven. We have seven, seven. different okay. distributors. Yeah. Oh, seven different right. distributors, distributors. But how many team members do you guys have? Oh, oh, like, oh. Many... So we have we have, we're I think around twenty four staff right now, um, two sales folks, um, and we have a, a brewing a brewing team of six mm-hmm. six six brewers, and then um, some folks that do a couple folks that help us with events marketing branding, that sort of thing, okay. and uh, and a bunch of fantastic bartenders All right, so that what, are the face of the company. So what's your day look like? I mean, you came in here saying you just got finished with a 12-hour day, and you're yeah. like, oh, I got a 12-hour day, let me go sit in on this podcast <laughs> it's like now. Sweet, it was like sweet relaxation that it was only a 12-hour day. But, yeah, exactly. I know, like exactly. it's only sometimes, a 12-hour yeah, day. Sometimes they're, they're, they're longer, for sure. Um, yeah, it really all depends, I mean, um, like what time are you rolling in? Uh, I'm usually there between seven and seven thirty, um, just to get the the brew started. When you're when you're brewing, there's there's kind of a flurry of activity, and then you wait, you know, okay. and then another flurry of activity, and then you wait. You know, it's kind of setting things up and then letting these processes go. Um, but I mean, we're uh, you know we're often packaging beer, brewing beer. Um, doing recipe planning, schedule uh, production scheduling, you know, and then and then the brewery is in a constant state of maintenance. You know, there's do always you check some, email on occasion. <laughs> okay, on occasion. I was just wondering if the head brewer checks email. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I emailed you today, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it was like later in the afternoon. I was like, right, oh. right. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it. Yeah, it's it's something that I do when I first get in, and you know, and then okay. then it kind of goes by the wayside until the next day. But yeah, yeah. So. I'm like super curious about all this. Like, <laughs> just, much, just the business day. Like, yeah. what's your business day like? Oh, I'm I'm generally I'm I'm generally office hours, so okay. I'm more okay. of a more of an eight to five, eight to six sort of thing. And then if I after the kids are done with schoolwork and all of that, I'll pop up in the computer later in the evening. Okay. But um, and and my my job is pretty. I'm I have a pretty regular time. A lot of folks. A lot of folks will pop in the brewery and they'll say, "Ah, oh, I was there the other night. I didn't see you guys. When are you actually there?" And it's 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 uh, we like to be there in the evenings when we can because we love to say hi to people and we love to thank people for coming in and you know and but there's a certain point where we have to say, "All right, I got to be a parent." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I've got to I've got to um, spend some time at home. So it's a lot of fun. But we try to I try to keep more regular business hours for sure. Yep. 
I, I laugh because people say all the time. You you say this, Allison has said this. People, all say, you know, we can't we can't find Mike when he when we're looking for him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I practically live here. <laughs> like, like I I think there's more hours that I spend here than anywhere. Dude, so the idea, story, yeah. anytime somebody's physically looking it's, for you, you are not it's here. It's mind blowing to me because I don't leave here, <laughs> and the fact that nobody can find me, it's like, where did you look? <laughs> But I, I don't know. That's true. I mean, so what's the, uh, you know, you guys owning this business, you have children. I mean, what's what's the work-life balance that we always hear and, you know, that, that word is thrown around a lot. I mean, how do you guys balance it? I, I think it's an integration. That's what I always say. But like, what's uh, what is that like for you guys? Well, Christine does a great job of trying to get us out of town every six weeks or so. We have a pop-up camper. We'll go hit a state park. We're, we're headed off to Cedar Key this weekend. We're yes. very excited about. Um, spend some time with the kids. How many kids? Yeah, how many kids? Two. Yeah. Two? Two. Okay. Um, what, age, what ages? Ella is 15 and Tyson is 11. Oh, wow. okay. okay. Yeah. Yep. So it's very important to spend time with them. And it's, you know, it's Are they fun. like doing homework at the brewery in the afternoons? Or like, <laughs> I also know, what's, what's that like, do, process like? Do they well, know the different flavor profiles of the beers? That's <laughs> my cagey way of asking. Not not quite yet, but it, okay. but it is funny. My, my daughter is a sophomore at GHS and, and she's slowly getting the picture that parents that own a brewery are kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we, All we, right. we, we have often, um, uh, given, uh, gift certificates to, to her good teachers and stuff for the holidays and stuff like that. And I'll never forget this past Christmas. She's like, dad, she's like, my teachers knew about first magnitude. I'm like, of oh, course. that's cool. She's like, and they really, really like it. Dude, that's like, way oh, cooler yeah. than any apple a teacher could ever get. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so awesome. See, that is pretty cool. <laughs> so, but no, they're 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 great, and um, it's it's a lot of fun, you know. And they they will come and and help out um, at the brewery on occasion, like uh, when we have our our big anniversary celebration. We have a little merch table, and Ella's helped out to sell merch and stuff like that. And so we it, we had a float. The homecoming parade and they help build the float yep. okay. yes. for the homecoming parade. That was, that was really cool. I have a super important question for you. All right. Is uh <laughs> is Ella on TikTok? <laughs> she probably is. Yeah, you don't know though? I yeah, yes, of course I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm like I'm a social media person. This I'm is like, a marketing uh, question. I'm <laughs> just curious. Right. I'm just curious whether or not yeah. your fifteen year old is on TikTok. I'm sure she's on TikTok, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I feel there needs to be what? a little bit of context here. What, what context? No, I, I just wanted, like, I literally, I literally wanted to know to to maybe wonder why you're curious if their 15 year old daughter is on TikTok. I think you might want to explain that. Just I love social media, yeah. and I you know. It's, but say why? Like why TikTok is specifically important? Uh, TikTok is exploding right now. Uh -huh. and I, like I'm like super. You know, it's funny. I I am very interested. Yeah, I mean, you guys know. I, you know, hell, go back to 2004 when we started New Scooters for Less. You know, Facebook was for college students. Right, right. Like you, you had, had to have an edu. You had to have edu. the ufl.edu. Like, yep. And I did. Yep. I had the ufl.edu email address in 2004. OG and I, Facebookers, yeah, right here. Hey. <laughs> I was like, I was on Facebook, right? And and like these platforms age up. So of course me, I'm like looking at TikTok. I'm constantly in there seeing what people are doing with like what's, like why this is so fascinating, um, trying to create some of my own, <laughs> which is 
I think is actually challenging. I mean, when you look at Instagram, Instagram is very documentary. TikTok is very creative. You have to create. You got to be willing to put yourself out there and get outside the that comfort zone and be a creator. Um, but but it's fascinating to me because as a business that sells scooters to eighteen year olds, mm-hmm. right, that come to college, like you're a fifteen year old will be 18 one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if I'm building brand there as a as a company mm-hmm. and you know doing some really unique things like that's you know grabbing their attention and like hey like hey the scooter company is cool. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy my scooter from them. At the very least planning brand or, or brand awareness. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. I mean so I don't know. I I was just uh, that that's why I'm yeah. constantly I mean, I think curious. It's important to tell tell uh, <laughs> and, and 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 hell just I mean, even along with TikTok right now, like I've been talking LinkedIn like crazy, LinkedIn mm-hmm. like crazy, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. I shared a post. Did I talk about it was this? John, uh, did I talk John's? about it with on? No, uh, not on the Harley? podcast. I haven't talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I don't I, know. Which one. Go ahead. Maybe I was drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Possibly>. but I <laughs> possible. Uh, but like I shared a, a piece of content from John Dar on on. Yeah on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and it was a motivational quote and it got 130,000 views. Wow. And I'm just like, dude, LinkedIn from a organic standpoint is crushing it right now. So as a social media person, I'm just fascinated by this. So that's why I ask random questions like, is your daughter on TikTok? Well, I love the, I love the creativity of TikTok and a lot of these different, different platforms is really, I, we have a fantastic, uh, we have a fantastic brand coordinator who does all of our media assignment. And he is just, he does a really good job with that, that sort of thing. I used to try to meddle in it because Mm. I thought, oh, of course I know what I'm doing. And, And then he was like, no, 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 please, please let me try to take this over. And he does such a fantastic, Fantastic job with all, all of his posts and what he's doing, and and we're not on TikTok, but um, as a brewery, um, but it's also that that skews to a younger, like you were saying, a younger crowd, and we're not necessarily trying to get. We want twenty one and up, is what we're gunning yeah. for. So you know, but it's super interesting to me, like not to say like go get a TikTok account right now, <laughs> um, but it's super interesting to me because I was speaking to a group of realtors yesterday and uh, you know, I, I dove into this and the the number of people that I'm coming across in TikTok that are not 15, that are 30 and 40 years old is increasing every single day that I'm like scrolling on TikTok. So it's aging up quickly. Well, I'm interested that you you talked about TikTok and then went to LinkedIn because that seems like totally mm-hmm. different well, ends of the spectrum. It, it there. is, and the only reason I'm paying attention to these uh, social media platforms right now is because because of that organic reach uh-huh. and because of the ability to get your brand in front of a lot a, a huge audience with very little effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean that that's why uh, it it's, it's really crazy for me to dive into LinkedIn because. I've been a B2C, a business to consumer guy for 15 years in the scooter world, mm-hmm. right? And for the very first, I'm like, I, I didn't even need LinkedIn ever, like ever, like I didn't even, like, what do I need LinkedIn for? I'm not trying to build relationships with other businesses. <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, I'm selling scooters to college students. I'm, uh, I'm on Snapchat, damn it. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, that's just the truth. Uh, but like, but now, like now, you know, we're definitely building more relationships with businesses. And, and of course, like I'm spending a heck of a lot more time on LinkedIn. And I'm trying to post on LinkedIn four or five times a day just because of that organic reach. And I don't know, it's mm. super interesting. Hmm. Cool. So I've yeah, 
I didn't mean to go on like a whole social media tangent, but like when you're talking yeah, about like 15 year old at GHS, teachers mm-hmm. are into beer. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen these 15 year olds like getting their teachers and getting their parents like actively involved in their TikToks. Yeah. So I'm just like super interested into like, are, are you making TikToks with your daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you're not, when are you going to start? All right. Uh, I, I love seeing some of the stuff that, that her she and her friends do. It is, it is a cool platform. <laughs> I'm not knocking TikTok, but yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm old and stick to Facebook only. And you're 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 tweet. Yeah. You're, you're a Twitter yeah. guy. Twitter guy. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mainly for the brewery, of course. But, okay. But yeah. But I mean, the social media in, in the craft beer world is very important. Untapped is a is kind of the big app. Mm-hmm. Um, for people to rate beers and okay, those sorts cool. of things. So, uh, yeah, it's all, all things we pay attention to. So very cool. So, yeah, I just love the, the way that we have the ability to communicate on kind of different levels, either with Instagram through the visual or with Facebook. It can be the words, the pictures, the, 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 the videos. It's, it's really neat how people engage and in, in our ability to talk directly to folks. It's the social media is fascinating to me how we're able to, I mean, I would 10, 15 years ago, brewery like us would not have the reach that we do because I mean, the social media has just brought so much to the platform. Yeah, yeah. I mean, amazing. it's definitely an opportunity to build relationships with customers and keep the conversation going. Without and, a doubt. Oh, awesome yeah, doubt. people yeah. can post questions, they can find out, you know, and, and you know, we can respond super quickly and just answer right there, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, did stuff. we drink all the beer yet? No. No, we still have a Oh, no, no, yeah, I was gonna say, there's, there's <laughs> more. All right. There we go, there's my glass. Um, So, uh, we have to wrap up in just a few minutes, but before, I have one very uh, interesting question, I guess. Um, Like, what's the rules with drinking at work? Ah, <laughs> no, that's a fair. That's yeah. a fair question. Um, I mean, yes, yes, sir. Beer. I don't have any in. NSRL police in this office right now. <laughs> this would be something that they would all perk their ears up to right yeah. now. So, contrary to what most people think, um, we're we're very we're super safety oriented, and beer is. We encourage. We want our brewers to be making sure the beer is high quality and that it's moving through the process as it should so there's tasting of the beer um we have our tap room staff that'll try the beers that are on tap but there's no drinking on the job like no having pints no drinking it's just so in the tap room they're pouring me a beer yeah they cannot drink it no no not they until, uh, after after their shift is after over. After their shift is over, they can. Yeah. And the same thing but, with the brew staff. I mean, it's we're a manufacturing facility. We yeah. have to we have to take safety extremely extremely seriously. And I know that's such a boring answer, but yeah. we are no, I mean, hardcore about it. Boiling liquids, makes, tanks under pressure, yeah. Yeah. lifting heavy things. I mean, I mean it's, it's, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, very, very, very careful. But so, we do provide beer f- uh, perks to our staff. So when you're off the clock, you can take beer home and growlers. You can have a beer off the clock. You can come in with your family. All that we welcome. We want people to enjoy. So how many tasting steps of quality control do you have? <laughs> I, like I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, d- daily for all beer that's in process, we're we're checking the the gravity of the beer, which is the specific density that allows us to get an idea of where the fermentation's at. Mm-hmm. We're checking the pH. 
Um, and then we're, we're tasting it. We do a test, taste panel every morning. What, what does it taste like? Is, is it a, a, a sample like this or yeah, is it it's, a it's, tablespoon? Uh, well, no, we, we do them in uh, opaque black uh, tasting glasses so you can't see the liquid, the idea. And, and we pretty much know which beer it is just because we're so accustomed to, sure. to taste. I mean, we know what's in process right now, but we try to be as unbiased as possible. And we do that because if, if something's going awry, if something tastes off, it's just important for us to be able to identify that and say, oh, okay, what's going on here? Is the temperature of this tank right? You know, what 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 anomaly maybe happened here? And, and how many people are doing this QC test? Uh, we usually have at least five that will that will five sample cups. And is there ever any stuff. like standout opinions where somebody everybody's like, yeah, it's about right, and somebody's like, no, this isn't right. Well, so our quality assurance manager. So we have a we use Google Sheets, and we all uh, have it on our phone, and we'll answer a quick little questionnaire on on each of the samples and give some feedback. And if so, and, and he'll take a look at those, and and generally not, they're they're generally pretty much all pretty on mark. But you know, if somebody does taste something that's odd or off, we'll we'll discuss and and kind of see. What's that's going so on. fascinating. Do you yeah, need an outside quality? <laughs> I'm not pitching myself. I'm just saying I'm available between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. Um, so oh, beer right. process. So we had one more. We do have one more. We do have one more. So this is. So right do, do, I have to ask a question first. Do you guys like hoppy beers? Are you mm-hmm. hop fans? Okay, yeah, for good. sure. All right. So this is this is very special. You're going to be locating the first people outside of the brewery. We did it to try this beer. The podcast did something. I knew this podcast would be great for something. I was waiting for the if day. It, it happened else. on episode 83. 83. If it does nothing else. It only else. took a year and a half. Like, so, we're, we've made it. We're here. <laughs> Every year, uh, for the past three years, we've done a collaboration with our friends from Proof Brewing Company, and they're up in Tallahassee. So we do a beer called Win Win. And we do it for the Florida, Florida State game. So every time mm-hmm. it's played okay. in Gainesville, we brew it in Gainesville. And then when it's in Tallahassee, we brew it in Tallahassee. So this year. We um, win way more than they do. Well, yes, we are. <laughs> so we are one and one. Since Win Win has been going on, uh, we are one and one. <laughs> We've won and won, and the okay. Seminoles have won one. Okay. But this is our latest iteration. I'm going to go out of prediction and say it's going to be two and one after this year. So this is, yeah, yeah I, well, there, yeah, the, the, the subcon, we, you know, this is win-win, but we were thinking about calling this one Free Willy. Um, that was that's, a, that that was Willy was five L's for those playing yes. the home game. Uh, that's so great. This is a, this is this a juicy, is awesome. this is a juicy IPA. It's a really low IBU. So meaning it's very, there's very little bitterness to it. Bringing again a lot of really intense hop flavor. Uh, it's got a Zaka, Nelson Savan, and Citra hops in it. And it doesn't even have a label on the can yet. That's that is fresh. awesome. It was it was just uh, that is really awesome. We can this on Tuesday. Yep. So, Cheers. Yep. Cheers. I, know, I know you want to try I it. I, I, I know. <laughs> we have other people in the house. I know that they want to try it. Here you go. It's so delicious. It's really good. So yeah, I mean it's it's you know it it's a juicy IPA. So it 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 does have almost a no. So I'm sorry, you said this is one of the collaborations for this year. This is this is the our, this is this is our collaboration with Proof Brink. So Company. what is that lead time like? Like how what is that process? When do you start it? How do you decide? I mean, I, you you said that the whoever's so we home want, game is home brewing, but right, yeah. So we we want to launch it um, a week before the Florida Florida State game. So. Um, 
so that is Thanksgiving weekend, the weekend right. after. So Thanksgiving. at the time of this episode, it actually will have been launched. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's right, that's which right. is which is great. Yeah. But what is that process like? Like when do you start the planning? What is that exchange Whoa. like? Good question, man. Yeah, I, like I mean, gosh, we probably started talking about this. Yeah, the rest you want it. And how and how do you? This is what we did this year. What do we want to do next year? What is that conversation right. like? Well, There's just so many. Yeah, so we've done uh, the first one was a fruited New England IPA that we did here uh, with with apricots. There was a double New England IPA uh, last year up in Tallahassee, and then this one is a juicy IPA. So we're, we're looking at, I mean, they're all been somewhat similar thematically, but these are the beers that are really trendy right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, um, it's, it's a very, very popular style. So, um, you know, we're, we, we want something that people are going to be excited about and it obviously is going to sell in our tap rooms because they, they buy a lot of it to, to ship up to Tallahassee and we do the same, you know, when it's brewed, um, when we bring it back here to Gainesville. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just something that we want to do to be creative and, uh, you know, kind of, th- there's, there's a lot of animosity traditionally between Gainesville and Tallahassee, which I can, understand, which I can yeah. understand, um, you know, but they have a great craft brewing scene and, and we've learned a lot from proof and, uh, and, uh, I feel the same way. I, I think that they would say the same about us and it's just, it's just been great to work with those guys and, and, and really kind of, uh, just great to bring a couple good breweries together. Sure. Yeah. And on that note, and I know we have to wrap up, uh, the regular podcast soon, but it kind of ties into a question I've had circled here for a long time. Where do you draw the line between what you want to brew versus what you think will sell well? Because I know like from a showroom perspective, even in our business, it's like, I like a certain amount of colors. I like a certain amount of models, but it doesn't really matter what I like. It matters what's going to sell. Exactly. Yeah, we found that out real quick. Um, when we when we opened the brewery, we we didn't have an IPA as an option, and we 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 went. And that was from a personal preference. That was from a personal preference. You know, we we wanted. I I was a, I was you know trained as a home brewer. I liked the classic styles, and that's kind of the direction we were going to go in. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, where's your IPA? Why you don't have an IPA? Where's your IPA? Um, and yeah, you, you, you do have to, I, I mean, you know, you're always going to maintain your integrity, right? But you, you do have your personal preferences, but you know, for, you know, right now, hazy beers and sour beers are, are all the rage They're and and we have pretty, super, super popular. Yeah. And we, we've pretty much committed to, uh, having a hazy option and a sour option on at all times. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's just where the market is. We have plenty of people, as I said, you know, Vega is our, is our number one seller in mm-hmm. the tap room. That's great. That, that, that makes me very happy. Followed by Wakala. Yeah. Followed by Wakala, um, which is another very classic style, but, um, yeah, you do have to, you do have to look at where people are going and, you know, people don't, people don't blow up on tap or the review of a Blondale, you know, <laughs> that's just not something people are going to get really excited about. The, um, the hazies we had, we have a wonderful collaboration with the Florida Museum of Natural History here. Cool. And we've done a series of butterfly beers that highlight some of the butterflies that they're doing research on at the Lepidopter Center on campus. In fact, we have one uh, in process right now. It's coming out in a couple weeks. Well, actually, it will have been out by the time this gets aired. Uh, But it's our Florida Wit. Um, And uh, we use um, uh, uh, zest from Florida oranges in it. It's very light, delicate beer, and it highlights the Florida white butterfly, which is one of the butterflies that they're doing research on up there. But anyway, it's one of of the, the most successful of those butterfly beers so far has been our Frosted Elfin beer, where we actually... um, 
went out in the field with some of their researchers, captured some of these butterflies, swabbed their wings, and were able to isolate wild yeast off of the butterflies and use it in the fermentation process of the beer. People went bananas. We got picked up by food and wine. We were in Europe. It just, I mean, you talk about social media reach. This thing was gold. You're making butterfly beer. Butterfly beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it's, it's, it's been awesome. And That's just, crazy. just such a great group to work with. That's and, cool. and, um, you know, just, we love it when we can create a mutually beneficial relationship with, with great people like from the Florida museum, because it's getting people from that, that wouldn't normally be in tune with butterfly research and why it's even important to care about butterflies. Um, it, it, it's just bringing it to a different audience and uh, we've been able to raise a good amount of money for them for the research as well. So yeah, it's, it's awesome, really man. cool. Yeah, that's it's really, really, cool. really cool. Very cool. I got to look over at Alice because I know that like, she'd be like, <laughs> like that's so cool. Yeah. No, it's awesome. This has been a hell of a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, and I have so many more I could ask, I but I know we got to wrap it up. So we'll have the side hustle yeah. for our Patreon crew. So thank you, you guys. So we'll... Tell everybody where they can find you, your address, social media, if they want to say hello, whatever. Where can they connect with you guys? Oh, yeah. You can, they can find us at, at FM Brewing. And um, our address is we're right down south of Depot Park in downtown, right near the Cave Museum. We're at 1220 Southeast Feet Street. So we're easy to find once you get near there. Yeah. Um, we have ask, a, ask your Uber or Lyft driver. They, they know how to get there. They, they know, know how to get there. <laughs> they know exactly where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> they do. And, um, and uh, yeah, we have a huge outdoor beer garden. We have a big indoor warehouse. And then we have a great tap room that's really comfortable. So we're family friendly and um, yeah, got a lot of space. So come and on out. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. So much fun. It's so much fun. Thanks. So definitely go thank check you. it out. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on our show. Yeah. Thanks this for having awesome. yeah. yeah. Providing the us. awesome yeah. libations. We appreciate yeah, this. So much fun. Thanks for bringing Hopefully all the beer. And like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just keep <laughs> drinking. Um, you know, and I want to thank everybody, all of our listeners. We're, we're going to do a little side hustle real quick. Um, but just a couple notes really quick for everybody who's listening before we officially sign off. Look, we are looking for sponsors for 2020. So if you have a business and you're trying to get your, uh, your business in front of other business owners and business professionals here in Gainesville, please reach out to me, Colin, C-O-L-L-I-N, at repaintthewall.com. And I can definitely discuss that with you. Um, Guys, I've made it very, very clear that I want to keep this podcast going. I believe in it so much and the things that it's going to do for this community. Um, I'm just super amped. And the, the fact that we just got finished recording episode 83 just pumps so me cool. up. So, cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm super, super uh, just excited for the future. Um, definitely nominate guests. You know, if you know somebody that you think would just be perfect to be on this on this podcast, please go to whoagnv.com. Um, there's a link there that says nominate guests. There's a little form, fill it out, nominate a guest, and we will absolutely consider them as uh, somebody that we'll bring on to the show. And of course, if you want to get notified when this when this podcast goes out, it goes out every Monday at 8 a.m., but I will send you a text personally. It comes from our account. I actually like do it myself, like write the copy, and we send it out to you. Just text WHOAGNV to 484848, and you'll get a text from me on Monday morning that says, yo, here's the episode. Check it out. Text me back. Let me know what you think. That's it. Anything else? No, you nailed that. Crushed you it. nailed all of that. Crushed <laughs> it. 
So happy December, everybody. Happy holidays. I'm sure you're listening to uh, White Christmas over and over and over again. <laughs> mm. You guys, anything? You got anything good going on for the holidays? Yeah, at First Mag? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We uh, we actually are doing a repurposed holiday winter wonderland in the warehouse. So oh, we have. So awesome. we're partnering with Repurpose Project and all these really cool holiday things that people get rid of. We have taken them and we are decorating. We have decorated our warehouse and it is macked out and it is beautiful and so you just go in and transform and relax and enjoy our winter wonderland. So for those like me awesome. pulled yeah. into the Christmas spirit right. uh, holiday yeah. spirit. that's exactly. what it is. Yeah. And of course we'll have some great libations to enjoy. Perfect. We, have, okay. we have a winter warmer which is a spiced Christmas ale. We're going to have a hot chocolate stout. Oof. Uh, Oof. We are going to have a gingerbread pastry sour and a spruce tip IPA. So, cool. and those are going to be available in the taproom only throughout the month of December. And so it's free it for out. Mike and I. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> there you go. Winter Wonderland, all the good beers. Uh, you guys, go check them out. Go visit them. Uh, guys, thanks again so much for being here. Gainesville World, thank you so much for listening. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. whoa. Give me your best, whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa. We will see you later. Bye.